From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. I had to do it. It was kind of like that point in your life where you're like, it's going to sink or swim, and I got to swim right now. I'm going to go soar, and I don't want to look back and regret anything. Today on episode 89 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Andrea Wright, Andrea made the transition from employee to consultant more than once. As a result, the last time she became a consultant, she set up her company for success. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Andrea Wright. Andrea is the founder of CTP Solutions, LLC, where she helps companies put their ideas into action by creating solutions to their process and training gaps. Andrea has over 20 years experience in coaching, training, facilitation, process development, strategic direction, and project management. She believes that how people communicate, how they interact as a team, how they address and solve problems together are all critical to achieving their desired outcomes. Andrea facilitates this understanding by guiding the organization in enhancing communication, establishing processes and protocols, and providing the strategies often needed to effectively operationalize those processes and assure their long-term success. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you, David? Um, It's great to have you on. So, Andrea, you have had both employee and consulting roles and you've gone back and forth between the two. What has triggered some of your transitions? You know, I actually, I owned my own company when I was very young in my 20s, uh, went back into the workforce and then transitioned out again. And for me, it wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. And it, it just came time for me to go and uh, try it again on my own. And what did you learn the first time that may have helped you do a better job making the transition from employee to entrepreneur the second time? Yeah, great question. The first time, I didn't know enough. I was young, inexperienced, lonely. So I just knew that if I went back and learned more, there'd be a time when I felt uh, I knew enough. And the first time that you went from employee to entrepreneur, were you doing it going from employee to consultant or was it a different kind of business? It was a consultant, yes, but in a diff- little bit different industry at mm-hmm. the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, how long ago was it the second time? It was, let's see, 20, about 22 years later. So the second time around, 22 years after the first time around. Wow. That's a long time to think about it and strategize, plan, or because or, you said you, you knew you wanted to do it. It was just a matter of when. Yes. Would you have done it sooner if you felt you could have? I, I would. You know, I, I think I would know when it was right, but it was, um, I was at a time in my life where it felt like the right time. I was feeling very held back. Not that I wasn't, I was at a wonderful company who, you know, I, I felt like I had the perfect job. I had the perfect team. I had everything, but there was something in me that just felt like it wasn't enough. And it was the right time. I had to do it. It, it was, I, I was bursting out of my skin ready to do it. So I had to do it. What was the worst that could happen? I would fail and then I'd go get another job. (laughs) Tell me more, because for a lot of people, if they have the perfect team, they have the perfect job and they're happy with their paycheck, it is 
very challenging to have the courage to say, well, I'm going to give all this up and become a consultant. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, You know what? I think because it was probably because for me, it was a matter of when. And I, I knew that I could do more. I knew that I could be more. I knew that I I needed to find who I was and what I was capable of doing and push the limits as far as possible. And that's what really pushed me to that point where I I had to do it. It was kind of like that point in your life where you're like, it's going to sink or swim. And I I got to, I got to swim right now. I'm going to go soar. And I don't want to look back and regret anything. And how have things unfolded? It's been really good. I'm enjoying myself. I'm learning a lot. It progresses from weeks to months. And um, I feel like I I feel like I finally hit that point where I'm just on the ground doing what I need to do in in the right space in the right time. Mm -hmm. So specifically, what are you doing now as a consultant that you weren't able to do as an employee? Working with different companies. uh, I have the ability now to affect more people and learn more about other companies as I as I work. I, I predominantly work with small to mid-sized construction companies and helping them through their pain points and frustrations with you know process and training. So for me, it was a matter of being able to have the opportunity to help more people and do it in my way. Mm-hmm. Not not being confined to how a company thought I might need to do it or, you know, just in their constraints. So I'm able to do it my way. Yeah. Well, the construction industry has lots of challenges Mm -hmm. and small to mid-sized companies in particular, they may be really good at what they do. But as I said, it's it's a challenging industry and trying to rise above the tide when you're in that space is really hard. Absolutely. Especially because you often don't have the resources that you need that the, the larger companies have. And I don't mean that you can build that building better, but the internal resources that sort of drive and help them move more efficiently and effectively that bigger companies can have in-house, the smaller companies don't. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of those resources? Uh, the training departments. Some of them have training departments or a person that is responsible for training. Often they have process people that do whatever they need to do they may have marketing people, uh, more specific IT people. So, you know, the bigger you get, the more you can handle these overhead expenses. And the smaller you are, the more everybody has to wear all the different hats. So you're, you're sort of dispersed a little bit more. Mm. How do you think some of these challenges may work in other industries? That's a great question. Well, I think that I think every small company has those challenges of not having those shared services or overhead people to help them do whatever it is they need to do. In the construction company specifically, I think where they struggle is people don't get what they're doing. You know, they don't understand the difference between what a person in the field works like versus somebody in the office, how they communicate, how they leverage the different tools that they use, or the training, you know, may look different, be different. So I think in all, they all struggle with those overhead resources. I think having somebody who understands specifically to certain industries is necessary. Mm. And what have been some of the results of some of the work that you've done since you've been a consultant? So I've worked with quite a few different companies now, and 
different things from helping their teams communicate more effectively, creating processes that can be followed, helping them organize their thoughts to put them into processes. Many people struggle with they're overwhelmed by the amount of information and how do we get it to everybody and how do they see it and how do they use it. So helping people streamline that information in a way that can be easily accessible to others. Also helping owners who are feeling out on an island alone in a lot of the decisions they have to make, bring their ideas into actionable items that they can carry out through the company, training programs for the field, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm. And Andrea, have you found that you have either from the beginning in your consulting work in the construction industry, have you found that you have particular frameworks that you use repeatedly with most clients? Or have you found that you have developed particular frameworks that you see work really well and and can work repeatedly? Yes, I have. Although I, I think with everybody, what's unique, what I can bring is I help them with, so I have particular frameworks that I use as I go through helping them streamli- streamline their, you know, their process or just getting to the bottom of what's going on, right? Sometimes what we think the problem is, is not really the problem, right? So kind of getting all that minutia sifted through and okay, here, here's our issue. I have it, but then helping them in a way that they can be helped. So as a smaller company, and then they get larger, they, they may need my services differently. Some people need to be coached. You know, how are we going to be able to do this in our company with the budget that we have? Some of them don't want to touch it. They just want it done for them. And some of them are all the way in between. But being able to help them figure out, well, how can we afford to do this? And what's the best way to do it in our company? Mm, got it. Got it. Now, when you started your consulting business, were you specifically focused on the construction industry? No, no. I tried to be very vague. And I'm not, I, I will do companies other than construction. But what I found is, I love construction. My background is construction. I worked in construction and architecture. It's a unique niche market and Mm -hmm. they're unique people and I love them. So (laughs) I I found over the past- That's a good reason to do it. Yeah, over three years that I I just really enjoy it. And and sometimes, you know, you, you leave a particular area and you think, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be much broader in my scope. I wanna see what else is out there. And then you go, nah, I I love my world. Well, one of the challenges that many consultants have, especially when they start out, if they've come out of uh, many years of experience as an employee, they're used to solving complex problems that may not be um, repeating kinds of problems. So they're they're working on different things at different times. Mm -hmm. And as a business owner, you tend to be more profitable if you can establish a niche where you become really known And you actually provide something that for you is very repeatable so that you spend less time delivering it. And as long as it's valuable for your client base, it works quite well. But a lot of consultants struggle to figure out, A, A, what the niche is, what framework do they actually use over and over again so it becomes repeatable for them, Mm -hmm. where can they find repeatable kinds of business. So they may be working on issues with clients that tend to be more recurring as opposed to transactional. So they spend less time having to do marketing and sales because, you know, if it's recurring, then you, once you build up the relationships with a client base, you may be able to work with them for a long time. Yes. Yep. 
I, I agree with that. And I think that the hardest part about going into business for yourself is that you expect to have that, I call it a widget. <laughs> you, you expect to have that figured out the day you start. And it, yeah. it takes time. It takes years. It takes going into other people's businesses and seeing that, yes, what I have done in these areas can work or no, I need to tweak it or I need to develop something different. Uh, so it's the whole process of having a company and being able to transition through the different phases as you're, as you're figuring out who you are and what you offer. Yes, a lot of consultants get frustrated because in the beginning, it takes time to figure it out. And it's, um, it is a trial and error process. It's iterative. And you don't really know till you actually try to do it, how well it's going to work and how well it's going to work for you, how well it works for your clients, etc. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What advice would you have for somebody coming out trying to figure out that process? Since you clearly have have come to define your niche and you're pretty clear on what you do for them and how you help them and how you benefit them. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, some of the, the first advice is when you're going out on your own, or if you end up out on your own is decide what you're going to do. And I don't mean, but what you're going to do every day, but are you going to be an entrepreneur or are you going to look for a new job? You know, you could quit and think I, you know, you could have one foot in one foot out. And if you do that, I don't think you'll be successful. I think some people start their businesses with whether they are told to leave a company or they leave on their own. I'm just going to put my foot in the water and see if it works. But they're always sort of looking to see if there's a job that comes up. And so they're they're not 100% focused on where they're going. So got to be focused, right? And then I think you have to know who you are. What What unique piece do you offer to other companies? And, and be able to give yourself time to acclimate and, and get there because it's different. You're not in a company anymore. You're going you're gonna to grieve it whether you leave on your own or you're asked to leave. It's a process. So just stay focused. To know that this is what you want to do and, and work through some of this and be patient with yourself because it just takes time. And what have you found is most important in terms of kinds of resources you access or what kinds of people you hang out with or surround yourself with, et cetera? It's important to hang out with other entrepreneurs. Find a small network. I, and some people like a few people, some people like a lot. I have met different people through LinkedIn, through going to events. And I have people that I have just meet with on a regular basis that are going through some of the same issues as me that we can brainstorm out what to do, or, um, you know, they might not have an idea or they may have an idea that I need. I might have an idea that they need. So just surrounding yourself with people that are like you so that you don't feel like you're on an Island. Yeah, that's good advice. What do you think some of the things somebody should keep in mind if they're becoming a consultant mid to late in their career. So someone who has at least 20 years of experience or maybe even more than 30 as an employee. And they, then, then they decide my next step and, and the kind of work I'd like to do for the rest of my career is consulting. I would say come up with what it is you think you're going to offer. Be open to the fact that that will evolve and change over time. You might not be doing exactly what you thought you would be doing a year or two down the road or five years down the road. And so don't get so pigeonholed into, well, this is what I said I was going to do, uh, you know, and, and get help, 
right? Get help where you need it. You might not be a good accountant. You might not be good at marketing. You might not be good at different things. So make sure that you have people that you can reach out to that can help you. What are your thoughts about when, when you're trying to try something, what are your thoughts about how much you how much time you spend trying to figure out what it might be or develop it versus trying to just sell it and see if anybody will buy it before you even try to build what you're actually going to be offering? That's a great question. Some of that I think is very individually based. I think some people are better at selling it first and then trying it. Some people are better at building it first and then selling it. And I know that's not a perfect answer, but that's part of knowing yourself and what you do. But I mean, I'll sell stuff and then figure out how to do it. Although that's kind of what I've done my whole life. I, you know, I'll say I can do it and then I figure it out. <laughs> Although yeah. I don't sell stuff to people that I don't know how to do, but you know, sometimes it's sort of a, it's a little bit of both, right? You, you got to push yourself to that next level that of uncomfort so that you can grow into where you're going to get to. Yeah. And w- what are your thoughts about building a team? Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're going out as a solo consultant, I have yet to find anybody who really doesn't have at least one other person who's helping them in some way. Like one of the, one of the examples I use mm-hmm. often is most people have somebody prepare their tax returns, right? So that person becomes part of your team. And if you start to dig most consultants have some ongoing support, some ongoing paid support, you know, people that are that are actually part of their team, even if the building the business is primarily one person. What are your thoughts about building a team, like whether you should or shouldn't, how you do it, when do you start, et cetera? Well, I think you absolutely have to build a team because I, I don't know anybody who's good at all of the pieces. One of the things that I struggled with more earlier, a little less as I as I get farther into this, is how long am I going to spend banging my head against the wall trying to do something until I say, okay, I've got to get some help. Whether it's a friend that knows how to do it or I hire out a consult for another consultant to help me. But in order to grow your business, you can't do everything. So you have to figure out where you need help and and start with the stuff that's the hardest, right? Um, For a lot of us, it's accounting. Unless you were an accountant before you started your business, that might be the hardest thing to do. So hire an accountant to help you or teach you and and go from there. It's just, you know, tackle one at a time. Mm -hmm. What have been some unexpected opportunities that may have cropped up in your business Unexpected opportunities. Oh, okay. So networking in a networking group, meeting different people. And I think not really understanding how people I didn't know yet could be referrals for me later. And those have been great opportunities uh, as I've met people. And it's not a turnaround that happens in a day. It takes time and being at different, you know, join a, a networking group, people that you would see on a month to month basis. And, um, I think that I've been the most surprised about uh, people that have reached out to me or I've met and, and those people have referred work to me, not necessarily always people that are in my network before I left the corporate world and went on my own. Yeah. What's an example of someone that one might not necessarily expect to be a good referral source for you that actually turned out to be great? Good question. Okay. So I had to think about that for a minute. You know, (laughs) 
he, he lobs them out there. We don't know what's coming. I think, like I said, in the networking groups, somebody recently, they were retiring we about a year ago and coming up with just some referrals that came from, from the person that was retiring because we had businesses that were similar and wanting to send their clients to somebody that was reputable and could um, help them the way that you did. Yeah. I never, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. I actually once had a client that got approached by a competitor to buy their business. And uh, it was a surprisingly low sales price. And my client was at first quite suspicious about it. And after digging for quite a while, the reality was the other business had been in business for a long time. They wanted to exit and they wanted somebody they trusted to take care of their longtime clients. Mm -hmm. So these kinds of things actually do happen. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really surprised at how I've met different people. And I guess the other thing I'd like to say is you don't have to be a super social person to start a business. You don't have to be a business development type person. I think that for me, you know, I'm not great at networking situations. That's the hardest thing for me to do. So I've learned some tools and ways to do it, but I'm doing it because this is my company and I want to do it different than before, but it looks different for me than it may for some people because I'm really uncomfortable in those situations. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm doing it. And I think that's exciting. Yeah. That's a really good point. Andrea, where would you love your business to go? You know, I, I I just want it to go in a place where it's, it's easy, it stays fun and it grows enough that I don't really have to think about anything, you know, work's always coming in, things are moving. I'm able to hire a person or two if my kids want to work and and develop into the business they can. Uh, but mostly for me, it's about being happy, being comfortable, and just, you know, being an example for my kids that I'm doing this. Oh, that is so well said. Andrea, it's, it's been great having you on the show today and talking about all of these different aspects of your experiences with regard to your business. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, learn more about you, access any resources you have, or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? The best place is my website. Which is? And go ahead and give that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> www.ctpsolutions.com llc.com. And we will, of course, include it in the show notes. Andrea, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Going Solo and share your insights. My guest today has been the CEO of CTP Solutions, LLC, Andrea Wright. Thank you again, Andrea, for joining us. Thank you. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode, along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how you can set up your consulting business to soar, and much more. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.